0: Welcome to another episode of the SaaS Podcast. I'm your host, Omar Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their strategies and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. This week's episode is a story about a guy who was working as a civil engineer, but wanted to become an entrepreneur, but he didn't have a business idea and no business experience. One day he heard about people who were selling products on Amazon and he decided that he was going to do the same. Over the next year or so, he built a decent business as an Amazon seller, but he realized that he was wasting a lot of time doing research on what type of new products to sell on Amazon. So he hired a developer to build a Chrome extension for him. He figured that this would save him some time And if he was lucky, he might be able to sell it to a few other Amazon sellers. A few weeks later, he built a one-page WordPress website with a PayPal button, and he had his sale within the first month. He had a modest goal of making one or two sales a day. Today, he's running a multi-million dollar SaaS business, and it's taken him about three years from the day he first had the idea for the Chrome extension. He wasn't technical, and he didn't have business experience, but he knew the value of starting small and making daily progress. It's a great story, which I hope will inspire you, and there are some great lessons that you may be able to apply yourself. So I hope you enjoy it. BUPOS. That's sasclubio slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to sell your business or find your next deal. Hey, are you struggling to grow your SaaS business? To download your free copy and unlock faster growth for your SaaS business. That's thesasstoolkit.com. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Jungle Scout, a product that helps sellers on Amazon to research and find profitable product ideas and market niches. My guest launched Jungle Scout in 2015 as a tool to help him find product ideas to sell on Amazon. With just $1,000 and no coding skills, he's grown it into a business doing multiple seven figures in annual revenue and a fully remote team of over 35 people. He and his wife, Elizabeth, quit their corporate jobs once the business took off, sold their home, and today they live in different Airbnbs around the world and manage the business from anywhere and everywhere in the world. So today I'd like to welcome Greg Mercer. Greg,
1: welcome to the show. Omar, thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I know we're going to talk about a, a lot of good stuff for the next hour or so.
0: So I was kind of like, you know, thinking you were going to be in some remote, exotic location, but...
1: <laughs> Sorry to let you down. If it, if it makes you feel better on Saturday, I'm uh, headed to Mexico for a little warmer weather.
0: All right, sweet. sweet. But yeah, no, so, so, <laughs> so I'm in Seattle and you're in Vancouver, so we're probably about uh, like two and a half hour drive from each other. Right? Right. So- yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Okay, so let's start by kind of just talking about you a little bit and, and kind of, you know, what gets you out of bed. So is do you have a favorite quote that you can maybe share with us?
1: Yeah, a quote I had written on my wall for a long time was, um, you don't have to be great at something to start, but you do have to start to be great at something. And I feel like I can relate to this, and I'm a pretty big fan of this quote, um, because I'm like a huge fan of just like getting started as well as kind of like always stepping outside your comfort zone to like try new things. Um, and you know, I was always, I would always be worried. Like for example, like the first time I got on a podcast, right. I was like worried about how I would sound and if I would know how to answer these questions on the fly and blah, 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 blah. But after you do it a certain amount of times, you know, you get much better at it. So, and that's kind of just true with everything in life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Totally. Yeah, I feel the same way about podcasts as well <laughs> yeah yeah it's like when I did my first one it's like I remember uh, I, I well, first 10 or God knows how many like I was spending more time I I kind of you know thinking about what questions I was gonna ask next than really thinking about what people were telling me and right. you know it's just it's just part of the process and then you know I hope now it sort of got to a point where it feels just much more just like having a conversation and you can kind of let things flow. But yeah, it's, uh, I like the quote, do you know, do you know who, who, where that quote came from?
1: It was from like, his name's Zig Ziglar. He's like an author. I think mostly of like sales books and stuff. So I'm not necessarily a, like, I guess a huge fan of his books. I don't think I've even read any, but yeah, I had that quote up for a while. <laughs>
0: okay, cool. All right. So I gave the audience uh, a little overview of jungle scout, but Uh, it'd be great if in your own words, you can tell us a little bit more about it, like who who your target customers and, um, you know, what, what does the product do? What problem is it solving?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So jungle scout is a product research and market intelligence tool specifically for Amazon sellers. So if you're an Amazon seller, or maybe you're an aspiring Amazon seller, um, you probably would like to know what types of products you sell on Amazon because you know, like which ones are in high demand, which ones have low competition, which ones have good margins, what niches are, would be easy for me to enter, uh, to make money off these. So that's exactly what jungle scout tells you. So we've collected a whole bunch of data. We have some like in-house algorithms, um, as well as, uh, just like a number of other things to kind of figure out these different metrics. Um, so yeah, the tool makes it very easy for Amazon sellers to locate profitable opportunities for them.
0: And you, you I said, you started this as a, as a tool to um, help you find a, a product to sell on Amazon. So how, how did you get into that? Firstly, like why did you decide that you wanted to start selling products on Amazon?
1: Yeah. So if we rewind to just a few years ago, not that long ago, we'll, well, we can rewind to like, I went to college to be a civil engineer. Um, I graduated, you know, like the typical, uh, American, uh, path that all the kids want or all the parents want for their kids. Went to college, got my real job working as a civil engineer and I didn't like it at all. You know, th- my whole life I had like this strong entrepreneurial spirit and I wanted to do my own thing. So I think like one day I started just by like, Googling like how to make money online. <laughs> um, and I, you know, of after a few, uh, I don't know. i probably spent way too much money on like scammy courses or whatever else. I don't know. But I found out about selling products on Amazon and, um, within a relatively short amount of time, like a year or so, I was able to sell enough stuff on Amazon and create this Amazon business that, uh, replaced my income as a civil engineer. And that's at what point my wife and I both quit our corporate jobs. This was just three years ago. And, um, decided to start traveling full-time. We really wanted to travel. I could run this Amazon business remotely. Uh, So yeah, that's how I kind of like got started and got out of the corporate world. So what I, I was selling these products through Amazon FBA. So anyone not familiar with that, Amazon stores the products for you. They pick, pack, and ship it. Uh, they handle a lot of the customer support, so it's really like hands off. It's not like the old like eBay days where you're like packing boxes yourself, right? So what I realized is like, okay, to scale these businesses up, these FBA businesses, since Amazon handles the warehouse and the pick, pack, and ship, and the customer support, and they, you know, they already have all the traffic to your site. All you really have to do is just find, you know, a product that sells well on Amazon that you can make good money on on Amazon. Create a listing, which is very easy to do with even without much technical experience, um, and then sell it. So then it's like, okay, well now my biggest bottleneck in scaling up my business was just finding those opp those good opportunities for me to sell. And yeah, if we fast forward, that's how Jungle Scout was born. So like, I had all these ideas, I was doing all this stuff manually, I had all these spreadsheets and like VAs helping me and all that kind of jazz. And I was like, there has to be an easier way. So then that's when I was like, okay, well maybe I could hire a developer to kind of automate a lot of this for me. Um, and at the time it was just, it was very much like a side project for me. It's like, well, I doubt anything would, anybody would even want to buy this thing. But you know, even if they don't like, I'm only going to invest like a thousand bucks in it. And even if no one else wants it, it's still going to be a valuable tool for me to use in my business. You know, I'll learn something when I, you know, when I do this. So it's like, what's the worst that would happen? And then Fast forward, right now it's like two and a half years after we launched that product. Um, it's yeah, it was a successful company, thirty five ish people working there. Now we have over a hundred thousand customers, which is a pretty incredible milestone to hit. Uh, and yeah,
0: and and you haven't taken any external funding, right?
1: That's correct. No external funding. It's totally self-funded. I, I literally started with that thousand dollars and never had to invest any more money out of my bank account after that. That was enough to get to build the Chrome extension. And then after that, it was just all reinvesting sales from our products back into the company.
0: All right. So let's talk about that Chrome extension, because that that was the first version of the product, right, of, of Jungle Scout, was you you hired a developer to build this extension
1: for you? Yeah, that's exactly right. And looking back, like, I wish I could tell you, like, at the time, this was like part of my master plan. I was like this super genius, but that wasn't true <laughs> at all. Really, I just totally lucked out on this. And looking back, though, it was like, It was uh, a major reason of you know, of where we're at today. So looking back, I I just wanted to build this Chrome extension that essentially would automatically fill in these spreadsheets for me. So I had these spreadsheets with like all these columns and this was like all the information that I needed to know whether, to know whether or not this was going to be a good niche for me to enter. And I had VAs, you know, like filling out these spreadsheets. So it would take them like, I would give them like a potential like niche. So I'd say like, oh, check to see if um like stainless steel tumblers are good. So then they would look at it and they would fill out the spreadsheet with all this information that I needed to know. So it would take them like an hour to fill out one of these spreadsheets for like one potential niche. So I was like, okay, like if I can just build like a Chrome extension that like automatically, you know, like parses through this Amazon data and fills out this spreadsheet, um, that would like, instead of taking, you know, uh, instead of taking an hour for a VA to do that, I could just do that with like a click of the button. So what it turns out was that was like a very simple tool to start out with. That's why I was able to get it built for very inexpensively. And, um, some other things like looking back, you know, if I were to take lessons from that, so a, I started with a extremely simple tool that, um, you know, was, it it provided valuable information for Amazon sellers, but it wasn't complex, right? Um, I sold it with just like a one-time fee. So it was a low barrier of entry. And I was also able to collect all that cash upfront as opposed, you know, like, yes, I do think like recurring revenue is the Holy grail, but when you're first getting started, I think a lot of people should be thinking about like, how can I collect as much cash from the customer upfront right now? Because I need that right now to reinvest in my business. Like, I would rather, if I was, you know, if it was my first six months in business, I would rather collect, let's say a hundred bucks or 200 bucks from a customer today than be charging them $20 a month. Because like, I need cash today to, you know, invest in this product.
0: This Chrome extension, tell me a little bit about what it was doing. I mean, this wasn't a, you weren't trying to hook up to Amazon's APIs or anything like that, right? Was this just basically going to Amazon and like scraping data off the site
1: yeah more or less so if um i'm gonna try to uh, describe this only though we can make sense of it just through audio so if you could imagine you'll be on an amazon search page we'll say i searched marshmallow sticks there's like whatever 20 products on that search page then if you click the button for the chrome extension you then see a pop-up on that page and on that pop-up those 20 marshmallow stick listings will be listed Um, It will tell me like the number of reviews, uh, the best sellers rank, a really important piece of data that we determined in-house. And this was like a large part of our success was the number of monthly sales for that product. So we could estimate how many units, you know, all those listings were selling every month. And then just some other pieces of information, like how good are the listings, um, number of reviews, whatever else. So these are like a few pieces of information in Um, it's still, still today, it looks kind of like a spreadsheet, right? Like there's rows and columns and all this pieces of all these pieces of data in there.
0: Okay. So, so my my point was, it was like, it was, it was a fairly, a very simple tool. You weren't trying to do anything overly complicated and, and trying to access a whole bunch of data through Amazon's backend or something like that. It was, it was as simple as, uh, being able to search for a specific product or product type and uh, get back a search results page and then scrape the data from there and put it in some kind of spreadsheet. Yeah, that's it. And so how much did you charge for that?
1: I think starting out, I charged like 70 bucks. And then, you know, over the years, as we continue to improve it, now there's like two tiers, one's a hundred bucks and one's 200 bucks. So we still sell the Chrome extension. um, And yeah, all our customers still love the Chrome extension. It's it doesn't today resemble anything of what it, or it slightly resembles it, but it's much different. You know, a lot more features, all that kind of stuff, but it's the same. It's still a Chrome extension.
0: And and how were you selling it in the early days? Like, what did you, you know, did you, did you put it up in a store somewhere or just add a PayPal button or what was the mechanism for selling it?
1: Yeah. So keep in mind, like I had pretty, like, I think I had built like one WordPress site in my life because I was like, at one point I wanted to have like a niche site about whatever and put up some content. I don't know. So like I had pretty much like no technical experience here. Um, so all I did was I built like a WordPress site. It was literally one page and it had like a little screen share that was terrible. I, you can pull this up on internet archives if you want, but it's pretty embarrassing. Um, it just, I think maybe had like a screen share video. It had like some of the features and there was just like one PayPal link at the button, at the bottom. And just like when you paid that 60 or 70 bucks or whatever it was, uh, I think it was $67. Then, uh, you know, you went through the PayPal checkout and like on the confirmation page, there was just a link to download it. And like, that's all there was at day one. Oh, wow. So we're talking about like very simple because keep in mind, like this wasn't like at the time, like a real business to me, this was like kind of like a side project. I was pretty sure no one was going to buy this thing. So like, what's the point of trying to build some complex membership system or whatever else, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you talked earlier about this concept of like, you know, starting small and, and you know, doing, getting started and that whole idea. Um, how long, how long did it take from the point where you decided you wanted to have a this Chrome extension built to the point where uh, that page was up and running and somebody could click that PayPal link or button and and buy this product?
1: Yeah, it was very quick. This was probably within like three or four weeks from me, like coming up with like the spec sheet of what all this should do, like hiring a developer while he was building it. I was building this WordPress site and setting up my PayPal account and all that stuff. And like three or four weeks, was from like the conception of the idea to like the first sale.
0: And how did you get your first customer?
1: All right. So I was already an Amazon seller and um, I was like pretty active in a number of Facebook groups for Amazon sellers. So I was like always there, like providing content, like a lot of people kind of like probably like recognize my name or face or whatever else, like being like just a helpful guy. And once I had like the first like beta version from my developer, I record just like a two minute, just like screen grab of me using this thing and I'm um, showing everyone that it, it can pr- estimate monthly sales for any product on Amazon. That was like, that was really the key feature of it. I put it up in this Facebook group and I was just like, Hey, like, what do you guys think about this? Would anyone be interested in this if I was uh, to sell it? And, um, I, let's see at that point, like, I think it just, I like read the comments, you know, I was getting like pretty good feedback in the comments. That's so when I was like, crap, I need to like start collecting emails for this. So at first I think I was just like, like, I think like pinging everyone who left a comment and who like said something nice being like, Hey, what's your email? I'll let you know when it's being released. <laughs> and then like later that day, I think builds like a one, uh, a really simple landing page that was just like, "Enter your email here, if you um, want to be notified when I release this. And f- just from like those, I think I was like one Facebook post in either two or three different groups. I collected like a hundred emails from it. And then the day that I was ready to launch this thing, I emailed those hundred people and I got like 10 or 12 sales out of that. So I was like, on that day, I was like floating on cloud. now. like, holy crap, people actually want to buy this thing. I've almost made my money back from what I spent to build it. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome.
0: Okay, you've got your first 10 to 12 sales and... There's this obviously kind of has proven that there's some market demand and people want something like this. What, what did you decide to do next? Did you still keep thinking of it as sort of a side project or at what point did it become a real business opportunity for you?
1: Good question. I can't remember like a certain day that I was like, "Holy crap! Like this is now a real business." It was just kind of like a more of like a slower evolution. So um, keep in mind, at this point, I still had my Amazon FBA business. I still have it today, but like that was making good money for me, right? So at the same time, I was trying to think like, okay, like I need not to get too distracted about this because it's yes, it's shown a little bit of potential, but I also have another business that it's a proven business plan. I've gotten pretty good at selling stuff on Amazon, all this kind of stuff. So like, you know, I was like, I think it was a little bit torn of like kind of what to spend my time on. Um, but my, so my goal for the Chrome extension was just to sell like one or two a day. (laughs) Um, so I think probably like after like a month I, well, first of all, like the Chrome extension was very buggy. So like the first 10 or 12 people like, you know, a few of them couldn't even download it or something. They were having these problems. So I pretty much ended up like spending all the money from those first 10 or 12 sales, like paying the developer hourly to fix all this stuff that we figured out was wrong. Um, at that point, I, I'm i trying to think how like I got from there to kind of like 100 customers. I think maybe I post like a little bit more in the Facebook groups. I like emailed that list of the 100 people a little bit more. There was a, few, a couple sales coming in that I just didn't know where from, I guess, like word of mouth. And then um, my first kind of like bigger break was a – kind of like an influencer in the space. He got it and downloaded it and he was pretty impressed. So he asked me to do like a little video for him to share with his audience. At that point, I got quite a few sales from that. Like we're probably talking like maybe $5,000 worth of sales, which for me at the time was tremendous. And that's when I was like, okay, like now I guess this is like a legitimate – enough of an idea that maybe I should be spending like half my time on this or, you know, more time than, uh, I, I, you know, more than an hour a day that I had been.
0: I know at some point you were doing a lot of marketing or kind of focusing on trying to cover a lot of marketing channels, whether it was, you know, having a blog or, um facebook or whatever can, can you tell me about that because it because from what i recall from the conversation that we had that that didn't turn out to be a particularly successful strategy for you
1: yeah so remember so i'm still like a, at this point i'm still a one man show um you know i've decided that this is like a good enough idea that maybe i spend half my time on jungle scout and half the, my time on the amazon business um, so I had the developer helping me, but as far as like the, the the marketing, the customer support, everything else, that was like it was just me a one man show. And at this point, I was like, okay, like I'm you know willing to spend more time on this business. Like, how do I get more customers though? Like I already like blasted this Facebook group like five times with this video. Like <laughs> you know the, this channel is dried up. <laughs> um, so at that point, again, like I didn't have any experience with this. I didn't know what I was doing. So like, what do you do? You turn to Google, like how to get more customers for my product. And, you know, if you were to do that, there's tons and tons and tons of like, uh, you know, information and resources about it. Right. So one person saying, oh, you need to be doing um, Twitter ads. The other person saying, no, Google AdWords. And uh, no, you need to be creating um, blog posts and driving backlinks to them. Or no, you have to have a YouTube channel. So I was like, I think this was when I think I was just like extremely overwhelmed of all these different channels and like I put up one blog post, but then like I didn't get any sales from that blog post. I was like, Oh crap, maybe like, no, I should make like a few videos for my YouTube channel. So then I made like two janky YouTube videos. that didn't get any views. And during that time I was really, or you know, so then like I tried some Facebook ads, but like I wasn't, I didn't like devote the time uh, to them that like they would really need or deserved in order to be successful. Um, So that was like looking back a, a big mistake I made and, you know, one of the areas that I went wrong, what was working for me at that time is like that webinar, you know, that I did in front of that guy's audience. So, you know, instead of trying all this other stuff, looking back, I should have just been contacting more influencers in the space or more more people with a, an, you know, an e-commerce or an Amazon audience. And, you know, been saying like, hey, like, let me provide some value to your group um, or let's work out an affiliate deal or something else. Because that that's what was working with me. So like, it's like anyone listening to this, especially in the early days, it's like double, triple down on what's working. Don't try to, you know, just do you know, a poor job with all this other stuff.
0: It can be an easy trap to fall into where you see all of these different marketing channels and you're like, okay, well you know, Twitter sounds like a good place. Let me do something here. And YouTube sounds like it's working for a lot of people. So let me put a video up there. What I'm kind of interested in is, is for somebody who has that kind of mindset, which I think is great in terms of just get started or how, how have you learned to become more disciplined about when not to get started or when to stop quickly?
1: Yeah, this is a, this is a difficult thing. It's still something we probably struggle with. Um, like at jungle scout today, um, even like with a bigger team and more resources and stuff. So like a a great example is, you know, like we just shot a number of videos to try like Snapchat ads, right? It's like, we've never tried this before. It's like, why did we decide to, why are we going to test out Snapchat ads when we have a bunch of channels that work really well? And it's like, I guess the reason we're trying is like with the hope that like it works really well for really cheap, (laughs) but, um, I guess there's nothing wrong, you know, with like trying, um, these other, I, I don't know, this is a really difficult question actually. And this is probably something that I'm still not very good at. So I don't have all the answers to. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get you because I think, you know, the example you gave in terms of, you know, how to get more customers and it's like, it's literally like facing like, okay, here are a hundred different rabbit holes and welcome to each one. And, and, you know, get ready to consume your entire life, trying to follow all of these different paths. And it's a really kind of tough place to be. And I, but I think, there's there's kind of a certain level of, of uh testing you need to go through to figure out which channels are working and and even though some of that you know, having you having tried some of those things may have slowed you down from being able to spend more time with what was working, which was the webinars, I think you probably had to go through that process to at least test those areas and see if there was some some opportunity to get results. And, and potentially, you know, maybe some of them may have worked if you had sort of, you know, spent more more time on them. But I think the, the the kind of the key takeaway for me was that, you know, you can test these different channels, but as soon as you find one where there are some signs of life, then that's the one that you probably need to kind of focus all your efforts on and sort of realize the full opportunities that exist there before you start looking at other areas. You know, it's, it's ultimately where you got to anyway. Right, exactly. Are you an entrepreneur looking to buy a profitable online business or a founder ready to sell? Bupas is the number one platform for buying and selling profitable online businesses. With their exclusive listings as well as listings from other marketplaces and the option to submit your own deal for approval, Bupos has you covered. Plus, they're the first to offer built-in acquisition financing for qualified buyers of recurring revenue businesses, allowing you to access fast funding without personal guarantees. And their experienced M&A advisory team supports you every step of the way. To learn more, visit sasclub.io slash BUPOS. That's sasclub.io slash B-O-O-P-O-S. Sign up today and get qualified to start your entrepreneurial journey or sell your business at the right valuation with BUPOS.com.
1: So yeah, I guess for anyone listening to this, you know, like if you have discovered a channel or two that is working for you, if you are getting customers on that, um, you know, I think the advice would be like to double down on that for a while before you start trying to branch out to other channels.
0: Now the other question I had was for, for somebody who didn't have any coding skills uh did you have any challenges or or problems with with hiring a developer finding the right developer you know kind of communicating exactly what you needed did you have any of these issues sort of come up
1: Yeah absolutely so before this project, before Jungle Scout, I did try one other like little software tool that I was just going to use myself. And I'd say I learned a lot of good lessons from that, that I was able to kind of like parlay that um, education into the creation of Jungle Scout. But so let me tell you about the the first one that I did. I made every mistake in the book. So, um, all right. So as a developer, just trying to think like you're, you're trying to turn someone's idea into lines of code that then can, um, you know, like do what they're, uh, they're trying to get through with this idea. So the more specifics and, um, guidelines and specs and everything else that you can give them, you'll be better off. So like in my first one, I literally just sent an email. I thought it was like a thorough email. Cause it was like, I don't know, pretty long (laughs) of what I wanted this product to do. And that was all the guidelines that I gave them. And that was like a terrible first way to start. So at least with this second one, you know, with building the jungle scout Chrome extension, I at least like created this PDF. I kind of drew out wireframes of what I wanted to look like. I, um, with notes of like where to get this information from and, uh, kind of how I wanted it to, uh, work overall. And Until, like, you try to do your first software project, you don't realize, like, how many, um, like, specs and all the different things that uh, you can really do, like, with software. Like, you know, now that I'm in it, I realize, like, oh, okay, like, what error messages do we give when they try to do that and you can't? What does this tooltip say? What's this behavior like on hover? Like, all these types of things that, um, you know, the developers are thinking about. So just like the more specifics and guidance you can give them, the better. I'd say, I think like thorough wireframes is like the bare minimum. Um, and just like every last little spec that you can think of is, you know, best.
0: Uh, where, where did you um, find the developer that you hired for the this Chrome extension? Yes,
1: yeah, so I found, actually found them on uh, Elance, which is, you know, Upwork now, and um, so, and again, my failed attempts before that, I was trying to hire these people uh, who were charging like three dollars an hour, five dollars an hour, seven dollars an hour, something like that, very inexpensive. And from my experience, I'm sure there's uh, you know outliers here, but in general, all good developers charge uh, a significant amount of money, even if they're living in like one of the low cost regions of the world, because it's a very high demand job right now. It's very easy for them to get jobs, so. Yeah, that that's another kind of little piece of advice I would give. The
0: Chrome extension is taking off. You go back to the webinars and finding influencers as a way to to reach new customers and that's helping to drive sales. At what point did Jungle Scout evolve from just a Chrome extension to also a a web or SaaS application?
1: Yeah, so I think after I'd been selling the extension for about six months, at this point, um, it was making a little money. So, you know, Jungle Scout had a little money in the bank account. Um, And I was trying to, like, think about the future. Like, how am I going to continue to scale this? And one, you know, I would like recurring revenue. Everyone always talks about how, you know, great that is. And it sounded pretty nice to me as well. So I really wanted something with recurring revenue. And um, there were things that could really benefit Amazon sellers, that from a technical standpoint, weren't we weren't able to do inside the extension. So at this point, like I had a few choices, right? I could either um, maybe not build those features that uh, due to technical limitations, couldn't be done the extension, or I could scrap the extension, just move everything to a SaaS app um, or a combination. That's what I ultimately chose. Like I'm going to keep the Chrome extension, People really like it. They really like the UX that, you know, you can just be on any Amazon page and click this little button and see a whole bunch of good information about those Amazon products. Um, so, yeah, I guess it was, you know, I wanted the cr- recurring revenue. I was, to be honest, probably partially just interested in like a new challenge, a new, uh, you know, to do something different. And at that point, like I felt like I had the money and the resources to be able to hire a little bit more like experienced developers who had, uh, experience building, you know, production level SaaS apps.
0: And, and how much did you have to spend to build that SaaS application?
1: Just like to get it off the ground. Um, I think I was probably in like maybe 30 or $40,000. And then, so that was like for the bare minimum product. Um, and, yeah, I mean, and we've been working on it ever since. So, <laughs> a lot more money since then, obviously. How did you
0: get that explosive growth? Because to go from two and a half years to let me let me have a Chrome extension that I can use as a tool for myself, and you know, if I'm lucky, somebody else might want to buy it too. To suddenly, oh, here's a business with 35, you know, plus people, multiple seven figures in annual revenue. How did that growth happen?
1: <laughs> good question. I, <laughs> um, it's always like, you know, getting on these podcasts and talking to people like you, Omer, and uh, others, it's always like a good time to kind of reflect on these things, right? Because like when you're just in the day-to-day grind, it's like, no, we need more customers, we need more customers. But looking back, it's like, I guess what we have achieved is pretty, um, you know, uh, pretty special and uh, pretty crazy. Um, so... <laughs> I guess just, you know, to kind of answer that question, maybe I'll touch on some like the, the growth channels and marketing channels that we use that were successful is our, um, content marketing is what really works well for us today. So a lot of people hear that like, what the heck's content marketing? How do I do that? Um, the, we put out, or I guess like the jungle scout website is, um, of course I'm biased, but everyone tells us this too, is like the best Re you know, like place for educational resources for Amazon sellers, even if you never purchase any of our products So like we have like really in-depth uh, case studies um, We have like free tools that you can just kind of like use, you know, like on the website to help you with things um, Our YouTube channel, you know, like we you're posting one or two or three videos a week of like explaining people How to do all these different things with their Amazon account? So it's like it's the go-to place for everyone to, you know, if you have any questions about Amazon, either how to start selling or more complex problems or, um, really how to optimize your listing, So like we've, we've built this resource and all the content we build is totally for free. And then, you know, of course that's the, uh, the marketing channel we use to funnel them into our software. But, um, if I were to just say like one, you know, I'm trying to think like what, what takeaways can the listeners have right now that they can use in their business. My advice for you, if you, you know, you want to get more into like the concept marketing is don't do the whole like a thousand word or 500 word blog post that uh, like three things entrepreneurs wish they knew, blah, 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 blah. Um, instead, I would recommend building like one either like one case study or one piece of content that's like super high quality. So something that we're working on right now and like our customers just seem to love is called the million dollar case study. So we're totally publicly and transparently starting and scaling an Amazon physical products business to a million dollars in revenue. So, um, like our first product was these bamboo marshmallow sticks. Then we launched, um, hooded baby towels and you know, like we do weekly webinars and it's like what we've been working on this week for that Amazon business and like our journey to a million dollars in sales. And we're at like, I think we're almost at like $400,000 in sales now. So it's pretty substantial and it's just like very educational. People really like to follow along with it. We're also donating all the money from this Amazon business to pencils of promise to build schools and uh, you know, like developing countries around the world. So it's like, it's just like a fun thing for everyone to be a part of. And it's like very high end content, like the best that you'll find on the internet.
0: One question that I had about the SaaS business and recurring revenue is that the the kind of problem that you're solving primarily for people is kind of like a, a one-off kind of problem that needs to get solved in order for them to go out and start building a business. So let's say, you know, I decide I want to build an Amazon business and I use Jungle Scout and I use it to do research to figure out what product it is that I should be selling on Amazon. And then I can go out and start focusing on building that Amazon business. But is there still a need for me to keep paying for Jungle Scout on a
1: on a recurring basis? Really good question. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head there. So like our churn is uh, definitely higher than like industry standard, um, by all accounts. And, uh, I think that's the major reason for it, right? It doesn't really have like that sticky factor. And like, so what we find with a lot of people is like they'll use it for a month or two, you know, they find some really good products. They launch those on Amazon and then they wait, um, a few months to make some sales and then they're ready to launch some more. So then they kind of sign up again and it doesn't really have like that sticky factor that you need it to be using it like every day, more so like you go in little spurts and then you kind of wait and then you go in some more spurts and use it. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's definitely a challenge that we're currently experiencing. I don't have uh, a great answer, um, for it. You know, I guess like some things we can be thinking about are features to add to make it a stickier product, something that you do, uh, kind of want to use every day. Um, maybe we put like educational, uh, content behind kind of, uh, the paywall that might help, uh, people stick around. Um, I guess, you know, what some companies do that I've seen is just adjust the pricing. So you have to like prepay for a year and that's the only option. There's no monthly option. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's definitely a challenge for us right now that I don't have uh, a great answer for.
0: So, so that's, that's something you guys are still testing and, trying to to figure out. And I I'm, I'm not knocking it in terms of yeah I mean you might have a a churn issue which is which is higher than other SaaS businesses but you're still doing you know multi-million dollars in in revenue each year and it's it's still you're still on a growth trajectory, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it hasn't affected our well, of course it's affected our growth. It hasn't stunted our growth um, yet. But like, I guess when I project into the future, you know, I'm thinking like, wow, we really have to be pumping a lot of customers, new customers, in every single day if we like maintain the same churn rate. So, um, yeah, you know, like, so far the business is like is still healthy and it's still growing and everything, but it is something that we're thinking more and more about. Um, yeah, do you have any tips for me, Omer? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not an expert on this. What stuff, would you do? <laughs> but but the one thing that sort of struck
0: me as being kind of the most sticky thing for Amazon sellers is kind of getting a grasp on their inventory. Uh, okay, I, I've kind of got the business up and running, but what am I selling? How am I selling? And then also all the kind of the crap in the, that comes with that in terms of reporting tax information and and all of that stuff. I don't know. That that seems to me uh, from from what I've seen. You know, if if that was something that was kind of part of jungle Scout, I don't know. I, 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 yeah. I, I can't see anybody wanting to cancel even for a month because it would just, it would just cause too much of a problem in terms of managing the day to day and, and kind of, you know, monthly, quarterly, annual kind of reporting of their business.
1: Yeah, exactly. So there's are some things we've thought about, you know, it's like, do we want to make this like a, um, kind of like a Swiss army knife type tool for Amazon sellers? Like it does a little bit of everything like that the tax stuff and the inventory management and the profit analytics and whatever else um so yeah that's something we thought about like i guess some of the other considerations that came to mind when we were thinking about that is like well if we're like the swiss army knife then are we perceived at like as like decent at everything but not great at anything anymore we're not like right. the bomb at uh product research anymore so i mean i don't know i don't have the answer to that um so yeah. That's kind of, you know, cause it's like, I think of like, um, HubSpot comes to mind. Like we did like a HubSpot demo and to me, they're very much like a Swiss army knife. They do a, like tons and tons and tons of different stuff, but like they didn't seem to really do anything like that. Well, like right now we're piecing together like five pieces of software to like make HubSpot. Um, but it's like all the tools we're using are like much more powerful and robust than, you know, kind of like what theirs is. But so yeah, it's definitely something to think about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I- It's uh that's a quality problem to have though, right? (laughs) 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 Yeah. Okay. Um. So, how how do you spend your time these days? So, you've got a team in place, and I I presume you know you're not still doing wireframes unless you've now learned to enjoy doing that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. So, um, like you said, the team is like thirty-five-ish people. Um, And how I spend my days, I still do a. Um, one of the things that I do enjoy, I do enjoy creating, um, video content and like content like we're doing right now, like over the podcast. So I still probably record maybe four or five hours of content, maybe even more, maybe in 10, um, some weeks of video and audio. I don't really enjoy writing that much. I don't write much, but I do do the video and the audio stuff. Um, I also, I've decided like as we grow and, you know, like I looked on our growth trajectory and it's like in two or three years, like this is, or like probably two years is probably gonna be a hundred person company. So like now I'm thinking a lot more about, okay, like what do we, you know, like what do I need to be doing and like putting in place and stuff to make this company still function well as a hundred person company. Um, So I'm doing more of that. I still do a lot of um, recruiting and hiring because I think that's like a really high value task and really important. Um, and then there's still, I think like any time that you turn in from like a one man show to a 35 person company in a relatively short amount of time, there's still like, I still find myself doing a number of things I need to give away to other people. i have just like, I don't know. I've been like doing them since day one, like haven't really trained anyone else to do it yet. So just kind of like other, um, (laughs) you know, things like that that just kind of suck up some of my time. So yeah.
0: And how, how do you, how do you manage a team that's completely remote and at the same time, while you're also remote and, and kind of traveling around the world and you're still having to hire people, manage people and, and grow the company, um, you know, is what have you put specific kind of systems in place to do that? Have you, um, you know, what are you doing to kind of just manage, manage the team?
1: Yeah. So it's not as hard, I think as what I thought it would be or what most people think it is. Um, and I think part of that is because since day one, we've been a remote company, like, uh, like you talked about earlier, my wife and I, we're, uh, homeless we, we travel around 12 months a year. We don't have any home anywhere. So I was like, well, like we don't want to stop doing the nomad thing. So like, you know, we're not going to start an office somewhere because we enjoy traveling around, living in different areas. So um, so since day one, it's been built as a fully remote company. And I think that plays an important role in it because uh, like since day one, you know, we're communicating on Slack. We're uh, posting projects and doing like our project management in Trello. We're using uh, the whole Google suite for like the docs and spreadsheets and everything else. So it's easy to collaborate in the cloud. Um, and this has also even gone on to like the, people that we're hiring and the types of people that we're hiring. So we don't have, you know, no one works like, um, like certain hours of the day. They don't have to punch in. They don't have to punch out. Like everyone's graded strictly on, um, the, the work that you do and like your performance as far as like what you can show for it. So, and I think this is like an important thing because, um, you know, it's so like people realize like, okay, like I can work what hours of the day or whatever they like, I'm most effective, but like I need to be producing constantly like work that I can, you know, that I can uh, show to people. Right. Um, right. so that's important. One thing now that we are getting bigger, one thing that I think, um, is difficult now is the time zones. So we, so we literally all around the world, um, I'd say like more than half of the team lives in the Americas, but you know, there's also a handful of people in Europe and um, a couple of guys in Australia and like three people living in Southeast Asia right now. And it does slow down communication, having people in those different time zones. It's like, you know, I might like overlap for like one hour with someone and You know, they sent me something and I was really busy this morning. So I didn't get a chance to look at it until after that. And then I just needed like two quick changes, but they were already asleep. And it's like crap. Now I have to wait till the next day for that. So there are downsides without a doubt. I think that's the biggest one, especially if you're in different time zones, like it can slow down some projects. Um, But I think just overall, like the benefits do outweigh the negatives.
0: Yeah, and I think it opens you up to a whole pool of, you know, talent out there rather than being constrained to, you know, people yeah. in, a, in a 20 mile radius who can commute to where, you know, whichever physical building you've created for your business.
1: That's without a doubt the single like biggest um, benefit of doing the remote team thing. I think that alone just outweighs all the other um, uh, kind of downsides to it.
0: All right. Uh, let's get on to the lightning round i going to ask you uh, seven questions and just try to answer them as quickly as you can. All right. All right, let's do it. Uh, what's the
1: best piece of business advice that you've ever received? It's to stop thinking about it and contemplating over it and just do it and get started. What book would you recommend to our audience and why? My favorite book is Rework by Jason Fried. He's the founder of Basecamp and 37 Signals. Um, I love it. It's like a fresh look on how to run like modern day businesses and talks about the remote teams, um, kind of like how we should be working in this new digital age and yeah, it's good. Read it.
0: Yep. I like that book too. Uh, what's one attribute or characteristic in your mind of a successful entrepreneur?
1: Um, like resilience or like mental resilience. Um, especially in the early days, you feel like every little thing is going to like crush you or, um, that, you know, the new competitor or this or that or the other thing or whatever. And just to have like the resilience to just like keep pushing forward, not get bogged down um, by that, I think is the most important characteristic. What's your
0: favorite personal productivity tool or habit?
1: I just downloaded a new tool to manage my inboxes with the addition of a uh, personal assistant, but it's called Front App. Uh, It syncs up like all my different um, email inboxes. And then my assistant can go through them and tag me the, the important ones. And she can like draft up emails and uh, already put in an attachment. So I can just like look at it real quick, make a few edits and send. And that has been a life changer for me.
0: What new or crazy business idea would you love to pursue if you had the extra time?
1: Right now I'm fascinated by um, the blockchain and like crypto and token scene. Um, if I had more time, I'd definitely be looking into that uh, stuff more. What's an interesting or
0: fun fact about you that most people don't know?
1: You know, I was going to say the, like the nomad one because, uh, but we already talked about that a couple of times over this show. Um, <laughs> uh, t- 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 I, I guess fun fact, let's see, in the past couple of years, I've been to like, uh, 35 or so countries in all seven continents.
0: And, uh, finally, what is one of your most important passions outside of your work?
1: I really, you know, I spend most of my time working. That is like my favorite thing without a doubt. That's a lame response. Um, like experiencing new cultures is really fun to me. Like living in an area for a month or two and kind of like feel like you're like part of the culture as opposed to just a tourist. That's one of my passions and I'm going this afternoon to play beach volleyball. That's one of my other passions.
0: Awesome. Uh great conversation, Greg. I, I'm, you know, thanks for making the time to do this. Uh, I really enjoyed chatting with you and and kind of Learning more about Jungle Scout and the the amazing, you know, progress. It's the progress is such a underwhelming word for the, you know, just just you know how you've kicked ass for the last two and a half you know years to just go from a small idea for a Chrome plugin for yourself to to where you are today. It's it's incredible, and I I truly wish you all the best in in continuing to to grow this business and and get it to where you want it to be. Now, if if folks want to go and check out uh, Jungle Scout, you can go to junglescout.com. And even if you're not thinking about selling on Amazon, I'd say go and check out the Jungle Scout blog and, um, you know, take a look at what Greg and his team are doing there in terms of content marketing and maybe what ideas that you can get for your own business too. Uh, and if folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Fairly active on Twitter. At least I'm really good at responding to people. So that's at, at Mercer underscore Greg. Um, that's a good place to get in contact with me. Also, I've just started, it's not live yet, but by the time this rec- uh, this podcast goes live, it will be at gregmercer.com. Uh, I'm starting to post some more of kind of like my personal thoughts and uh, just things about like general entrepreneurship, that I think, or SaaS apps. I think a lot of this uh, audience would vibe with well. So you can just find that stuff at gregmercer.com. Awesome.
0: Thanks, again, man. Enjoy uh, Vancouver. And then, you know, whatever lies ahead beyond that. <laughs>
1: All right, Omar. Thank you very much for having me on.
0: I've enjoyed it. I appreciate it. Cheers. Take Take care. Take care.